With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All they need to do is take the ball down and get rid of it. Cattery comes through. Wellington have got it. TJ Pitton out of centre back and Peter Lockery puts it into the stands. What a year 2022 has been for the Wellington Lions. They've done the double. Ran Philly Shield and now champions of the Bunnings NPC. Oh, you love it, don't you? You just love domestic rugby, but it's not too often either that the All Blacks game is a curtain raiser for MPC footy. But this weekend, the domestic game is back with a test match in the afternoon. It'll provide provincial rugby as a main course for your diet. In fact, that'll be Hawke's Bay North Harbour at 5.05, Northland against Canterbury at 7.35, so a double header. And uh, rugby fans, of course, will love it because we do in this uh, particular country. Tasman and Otago get the 2023 season underway before Taranaki and County's Manukau Lockhorns on Friday. And Campbell Burns being the astute editor and judge of rugby. And uh, the Rugby News magazine is his publication. He has uh, previewed the competition in the latest magazine given us uh, squads, etc., draws, everything that uh, you want to know about the NPC upcoming. Campbell, good morning to you. Very good morning to you, Ian. Well, it's our lifeblood, isn't it, Campbell? Uh, domestic and provincial rugby, and uh, this is it at its very best. Uh, how much uh, do you hang out for it each year? Oh, look, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's better to say it's probably my uh, favourite time of the rugby year. Um, I mean, it, uh, it probably suffers in that it has the All Blacks running at the same time, so struggles for a bit of uh, air time in, in certain sections, sectors of the media. Uh, but uh, look, it's—I mean, it's great that you know this is uh, this is wall-to-wall rugby. This is provincial pride. This is where you see the um, the, the, the super rugby stars of of next year uh, performing, and uh, also some fringe All Blacks as well. So I think uh, no, it's going to be a good one. This NPC. Campbell, how, how do you like the format? Because goodness me, how many have we had in the last ten or fifteen years? Well, it's been um, interesting. The, um, it's probably the best format, I think, since probably about 2010 uh, when there was a full round robin. So they've gone back to, um, to what they had then and uh, that they've got a full, a full uh, one table going for one prize, uh, which is far easier to understand. So you've got 14 teams on the start line all going for the quarterfinals. Um, and it's, yeah, just it's a matter of reaching that top eight. Um, last year was a step Forward, I think, from what we had in 2021 with the old premiership and championship. Uh, but, yeah, they've taken it a step further. The only, the only thing that I think I'd like to see changed is the storm week done away with. Certainly some of the coaches I've been speaking to um, are keen on that uh, with regards to player welfare. But you'd probably have to lose the quarterfinal if that was the case um, operating in this window. So um, it's a bit of give or take there. But, um, yeah, that, that storm week continues to be problematic. But overall, uh, the format uh, looks much better. See, not only for me do I like it for the playing point of view, this is where the coaches begin their, uh, and earnest their, their quest for higher honours, I would imagine. I mean, we've had, what, four new coaches appointed in Super Rugby this year. This is the kind of level, I think, that should be producing them. 
Yeah, that's right. And also what you're seeing too in NPC is some um, super rugby um, assistant coaches are, are taking the reins as head coach. Uh, you've obviously got Ross Filippo, the head coach for the Mulus, as the assistant at the Chiefs. Um, Craig McGrath has stepped up from the Blues um, to be the head coach of Auckland. So a lot of these guys are operating and coaching 12 months of the year now. And uh, it was only a few years back they didn't, New Zealand rugby didn't allow that. Uh, if you were, you were assisting with a super rugby side, you couldn't be the head coach of a, an NPC side. But uh, I'm not sure what the rationale behind that was, but that's, um, that has changed. So you are seeing that there are a few new head coaches in there. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, they'll be certainly building and uh, wanting to put their name forward because, uh, yeah, there, there are a few changes ahead in Super Rugby uh, as far as coaching personnel. Auckland, Wellington, uh, top of the billing in terms of uh, the market at the moment, uh, Campbell. But uh, overall, if you look at the squads, who do you think uh, this far out uh, has the most imposing squad? Yeah, well, uh, I, I guess much will be determined um, by the naming of the All Blacks Rugby World Cup squad on Monday and also uh, Tonga, Fiji and Samoa next week as well uh, because some fringe players there will come back to, 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 to various pro- uh, provinces if they miss out. So, uh, but I mean, my, to answer your question, I'm looking probably at Auckland. Uh, they're going to get three or four um, fringe All Blacks in their pack and that's going to be uh, exciting for them. So Auckland, uh, Canterbury very settled. Uh, Ryan Crotty's back for them. Uh, Wellington, the defending champs, they have a pretty solid roster. Waikato, very, very solid roster, and they've uh, made a great signing in Josh Iwani to play 10. So so those four would probably be favourites to make the semis, but there's a real log jam in behind there of sides who could probably crack the playoffs, uh, including Hawke's Bay. Um, uh, Bay of Plenty, Otago, um, and Tasman, who missed out surprisingly on the playoffs last year. So there's some pretty decent rosters out there, but I guess those big four... Uh, that I named Auckland, Wellington, Canterbury and Waikato would probably have the uh, have most depth of all the unions. Depth is an interesting point because then you look at the other end of the scale and uh, you look at uh, sides that uh, really have struggled. Uh, you look at your Manawatus, you look at your, your Southlands, etc. to a certain extent. Uh, and I just wonder, are we going to see more of an evenness because of the nature of this where everyone plays everyone a bit more of a balance? Possibly. Um, I mean, um, although the salary cap has come down and it's tightened up a bit further, which is good, um, you know, some of those um, some of those unions you, you mentioned have, have made some good signings, probably second or third tier signings, um, some coming back from Major League Rugby in the USA. So really you can only sign players that you can afford. Um, and so, you know, you're looking at about a 28 to 30, 31 man roster uh, all up. Um, and I guess, you know, since some of those uh, bigger unions can afford to pay their players a bit more, uh, make more signings, but um, the, uh, the, the other unions may have to go local, which I think is a good policy, but I guess it's that balance between, um, you know, bringing in someone experienced to, to plug a gap if, if a local can't move up. Campbell, I've just got a text in from Paul, which is an interesting one, really, and it's, uh, it's about attendance. Uh, he says, Smithy, sorry to burst uh, the bubble, but apart from the rusted on rugby heads, the stadiums will be empty as they have been for the past few years at the NPC. Now, I think we'll get a bit of a, 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 well, I don't say a false reading on it, because at the moment, because of the Football Women's World Cup, our stadiums have chocker. Those uh, stadiums, when they're released back from FIFA, will host domestic rugby sides. Uh, are you worried about the possibility of attendance here? And, and where, what are you expecting at this level now? Well, certainly the MPC crowds haven't been trending uh, upwards in recent times, but 
I do note that um, a lot of unions are now taking um, matches to, to smaller venues. Um, so Auckland, for instance, is playing Waikato at Bell Park in Pakaranga, which can probably hold five five or 6,000. So that'll be a smaller, intimate venue. Wellington has been playing at the Hut Rec. Um, Canterbury uh, takes a game to the Rangiora Showground. So I think this is the way to go uh, for some of these smaller boutique-like venues, um, and it's not just a matter of having five or 6,000 um, there, to, which looks better in a small ground than a larger ground, but I think that's probably what unions have to look at, um, and, and with the cost factor there. I mean, it doesn't mean that people aren't interested in the NPC, they are, but that doesn't necessarily translate into fifteen or 20,000 bums on seats. Um, that, it's a hard sell. Uh, it, it always has been at this time of year, certainly since in the, in the professional age, so it's not going to be a matter of judging a union's success by getting 10,000 through the gate. It's whether they can engage with their community, take it, take it to some of these smaller venues and still get pretty solid, uh, smallish crowds. Um, and I think that's where you have to look at it. You can't be judging it on super rugby-type crowds or even looking at the FIFA Women's World Cup, which is, uh, you know, they've promoted the hell out of that in the last month. And, um, you know, to be fair, they've probably given away a lot of tickets. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a hard sell sometimes for some of these marketing people at at uh, NPC unions, but um, it, it's not reflective. If you see a, a ground that's uh, nowhere near half full, that, that's not reflective, I, I don't think, of the interest in this competition. With the research and the background work that you do as such, you convinced that the uh, New Zealand rugby, the powers that be there, I mean, they've got a community rugby department as such, are uh, just as focused as um, in you know, years and years gone by, I say, on this level of rugby in New Zealand, are you happy with their focus? Well, you certainly like to think so. I think they—it's um, it's very much a discussion point around the around the board table. Um, the problem is it doesn't make money uh, compared to say Super Rugby or the All Blacks. So you could look at it as a third tier competition or a developmental competition. Um, I think that's that's the way it is. But it's hard to it's hard to bolster it up. I mean, I think certainly the salary cap probably needs more tightening. Um, and there are various things, and they've tweaked the, the format now, so they are taking steps forward uh, with regards to this, but it's a hard one. I think uh, provincial unions work really hard to engage with their communities. They like to see their local club players involved, um, which still happens um, to, to a certain extent, not perhaps compared to the Heartland Championship, but um, when you're talking a semi-professional competition, um, as opposed to when it um, when the revamp happened way back in 2006, where the salary cap was two million, uh, which was ridiculously high, um, mm. it's now it, it's now more aware of where it stands in the in the calendar, the NPC, um, and it's not it's not the most important competition in New Zealand rugby, but it probably is as far as New Zealand only um, teams. So you know, it's still it's still got to have that emphasis. New Zealand rugby does put a bit of uh, money into it. You could argue whether they should put more into it. I know Silver Lake money has flowed into the union, so there's all these questions flowing, and it's not an easy fit. But um, I think, um, yeah, I mean, New Zealand rugby, I think, is working hard to make this competition a success. Talking to Campbell Burns here, of course, he is uh, the editor of the Rugby News magazine. Folks, for all the latest rugby updates, analytics, interviews, and uh, more with a real focus on the NPC preview uh, in this particular um, edition. Uh, Campbell, I, I just wondered too, um, the All Blacks uh, will name another side tomorrow, heading into the weekend at uh, Forsyth Bar in Dunedin. Uh, are you expecting a relatively new look compared to the last two sides? 
Oh yes, I think so. And now that the bidders um, like Cup is now safely in the uh, safely in the cabinet, along with the rugby championship, there is an opportunity. I think certainly Aaron Smith, uh, Shannon Frizzell, uh will will probably suit up somewhere, whether it's on the bench or starting. But uh, the, the, for the rest of the lineup, you'd think Sam Whitelock would come back in. Sammy Penny Finau and Dallas McLeod uh, should be in for their debuts uh, because we need to have a look at them before they announce finally the squad on um, the World Cup squad on Monday. So there will be changes. Um, I'm not sure whether Sam Kane's quite fit yet. Um, and so, yeah, I, I would expect wholesale or close to wholesale changes. Um, and, and that may still be good enough to beat Australia. Could anyone, in your opinion, uh, force their way into the World Cup or play themselves out of the World Cup then? I mean, are you expecting an 18-15 split out of the 33? What, what are you considering there? Yeah, that's a hard one. Uh, there has been talk of 19-14 or 18-15, but uh, the squeeze is going to go on certain positions. So, uh, for instance, bear in mind the All Blacks have got a 36-man rugby championship squad and they have to cut three of those at least. And you've got the wild cards of David Harvili, who I understand is back for Tasman against Otago on Friday night. Uh, will he make it in? Will Ethan Blackadder be fit? Uh, Joe Moody. So those are probably three players who could break in if they're if they're fit. Fletcher Newell hasn't played a game in uh, in months, um, so he will probably have to play either starter or off the off the bench on the weekend. I can't see too many players playing their way out, but having said that. It'll be tough for someone like Dallas McLeod if they're looking closely at Harvili to make that squad, um, given they're not going to take more than four midfielders. Um, and if, it's, if there's only 14 backs chosen, there's going to be a real squeeze on the outside backs, which means someone like Sean Stevenson will probably have to go back to North Harbour, which will be great for them. Um, but, uh, yeah, it'll be tough to get to give him any sort of opportunity. Great shame, uh, great shame. Uh, so, <clears throat> what talent, uh, man! Australia would love to have talent like that, wouldn't they? Uh, hey, terrific catch up with you, uh, Campbell Burns. Um, it is the number one uh, rugby net magazine in the country. It is the rugby news magazine, of course, and uh, you can get your copies now uh, because uh, you'll want to find out more about the NPC. Campbell, terrific, uh, great publication, man, and uh, have a terrific day. Thanks, Thanks for your good. time. Well, Cheers, Thanks, uh, Campbell Burns. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. Campbell Burns there uh, from uh, Rugby News Magazine. Uh, we'll be back uh, very shortly here on SENZ.